This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon. You must be talking about right brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed and real wood smoke, real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try right brand bacon. That's called right brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Well, that escalated quickly. Welcome to the program, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Once again, you can watch this program on Peacock. Easy to download the app. Join us all this week. You're still going to be able to watch on YouTube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show, but we make the official transition next Monday. You've been warned. Say good morning to our great radio affiliates, Chat Row. And welcome in. Stay a while. Reggie Miller will join us from the bubble coming up in a little bit. Your phone calls always welcome. Emails, tweets as well. McLevin will have a poll question. We got a play of the day. And of course, Ethan will su- uh, supply us with a great stat of the day or two. Remember when uh, the Lakers were on the verge, the verge of what? Falling apart, being swept, being beaten, eliminated in the first round. That's a long time ago, right? They picked up the win last night. They're up three games to one, and it started out quickly, and it progressed after that. Lakers look good, and uh, Portland looks spent. I said this going into the series. I didn't know what Portland had left. They took game one and got everybody's attention. So much so, Charles Barkley said, Blazers were going to sweep the Lakers. Well, if you take away the first quarter of that game in game one, the Lakers have outplayed the Blazers. But that first quarter, and this is a problem, a pattern we've seen with the Lakers, they get behind. Well, that wasn't the case last night because you must get out in front so you take less pressure off your bench when the role players come in. But that hasn't been the case for the Lakers. But last night, they played well, and now they're on the verge of moving on as they lead three games to one. Last night, LeBron James became the first player in the history of NBA playoffs to do the following. 
have at least 30 points, at least 10 assists, at least five rebounds, shoot 80% from the field and 80% from three-point range, all in the same game. No one has ever done that in the history of the NBA playoffs. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. I'm waiting for somebody to spin that in a negative. <laughs> like, like, you can't criticize LeBron with a performance like that, can you? Making it about himself. Yeah, well, somebody's going to. Also, LeBron has taken part in 32 20-point playoff wins. So they've won by as many as 20, po- 20 points or more. He's done that 32 times in his playoff career. That ties him with Kareem for the most all time. I don't know if they've solved all their problems because you, they're good, at times great, but they're inconsistent. And if you run into a team that is far more consistent, but here's the, here's the thing. Look at the Western Conference. I don't know what you get with the Rockets. The Rockets don't know what you get with the Rockets. I'm not sure what you get with the Clippers right now. You got the Mavs thrown in there as well. Utah, if they advance past Denver, I don't know if you look at anybody right now and say, I know exactly what you're getting every single night. Dallas, I don't know what you're going to get. I don't know what you get tonight. Mavs Clippers, is Porzingis playing? Jazz Nuggets, game five coming up tonight. Can Donovan Mitchell do it again? But the inconsistency there is what makes the Western Conference open for business. Speaking of the Rockets, they live and die by the three. And I, I think they're one of the great regular season curiosities in NBA history. The problem is they're a conundrum when it comes to the postseason. And this is why you can't count on them. Last night, they started out well, played well. And then they go missing, what, 23 of 25 three-pointers at one stretch? And they're still in it because they shot almost 40% from three-point range. They took 59 threes. But... I can't count on them. Love the curiosity. They're, they're, they're always interesting. There's always a plot, subplot with them. I think they got a coach who's a dead man walking. Uh, James Harden, now we don't even have Russell Westbrook back yet. And Oklahoma City with Chris Paul hold, holding on to pick up that victory last night. So that series tied at two games apiece. But you start to watch James Harden and... He only has so much energy to be able to do this. You know, I'm not asking him to play defense, although he played defense a couple of times last night, had a couple of steals. But why not give him a breather? At one point, he was hitting the front iron. If you're tired, you know, as a shooter, hitting the front iron, give him a little bit of a break. But they didn't do it. And here they are. Are they a better team than Oklahoma City? Not right now. Because Westbrook's not in there. And Oklahoma City with Chris Paul, they did what they needed to do last night. And Chris Paul has played extremely well. But you're trying to figure out, you know, exactly what's going on with these uh, playoffs. You know, the Bucks up 3-1 on the Magic. The Heat sweep the Pacers. Uh, we didn't think there would be much of a, a, a storyline with the East, and there isn't right now. But, man, I love watching the Miami Heat. And I said it a couple of days ago with what Pat Riley has done. And Eric Spolstra is going to the Hall of Fame. 
Eric Spolstra. <laughs> Eric Spolstra will be a Hall of Fame coach when it's all said and done. He will. What they've done with that Miami roster, you know, Dragic I love. Uh, Bam Adebayo is a, a wonderful surprise story there. Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler. Like they just have some Tyler Hero, and it, they make it work. And they end up sweeping the Pacers. I don't know if they're going any further than this, but they are a fun team, and they've cobbled together a roster that if I said, hey, that's going to be the Heat's roster, you're going to go, oh, they're going to be in the lottery? They're a dangerous team. They're a good team, fun team. But uh, that was last night. Lakers rolled the Blazers up 3-1. Damian Lillard is banged up there. The 76ers made it official. They fired Brett Brown. Here's a question for you, and I was wondering about this. If you could have the 76ers job, that's open. The Nets job, that's open. Or the Pelicans job, that's open. And the Spurs job might be open, but I get the feeling if Popovich leaves, he would want to leave that to maybe Tim Duncan or Becky Hammond, uh, the assistant coaches there, that maybe one of those two would get that job. But if you start to look at this, the 76ers job doesn't look good because of the way they went out. With Ben Simmons, I don't think they're swept by the Boston Celtics. But I'm not sure what the residue left over from this sweep is going to look like. You know, they got... It feels like they got a bloated roster as far as the salary cap. You know, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons could turn out to be Hall of Fame players. And anybody who takes over that job is probably going to want to say this. Let's keep those two together. Give me one year with them and let me see if I can figure this out. Tobias Harris hasn't worked out. I think he's a really good player. Uh, they overpaid for him. Um, Al Horford, you know, if you brought him in to help your locker room, he did not do a good job. And you got you brought in an aging Al Horford. Celtics had to be like, yeah, go ahead and take him. Well, you're going to pay him $97 million? Yeah, go ahead and take him. You know, that's a team that needs some shooters. Uh, but it, that that's an interesting test case there of taking over that team. The Nets... You're going to take over a team that is, you know, feisty, scrappy, but then you bring in a couple superstars in Kyrie and KD. Is Greg Popovich interested in coaching the Nets? It apparently is a real story because Sean Marks, who is the GM of the Nets, played for Popovich. Maybe you offer him a piece of the team. At least that's what I would want if I'm coming in there. And then you got New Orleans. You're going to trade Lonzo Ball. Does anybody want Lonzo Ball? You still got Zion, but I'm not sure about Zion in the race against his body. Ingram is good. Redick is on the tail end of his career. Uh, you got Hart there. I mean, you got, you're not quite sure what you have there. So I think if you look at upside, I'm looking at the Nets because that team can win a championship. I don't think the 76ers can win a championship right now. New Orleans certainly can't. But with, with KD and Kyrie... And the, and the rest of that roster, that team can win a championship. But I think Jacques Vaughn probably coached himself. Well, I think they're waiting to hear from Popovich. But Jacques Vaughn got those guys to play hard. And that's exactly what you want. But who is going to be able to come in and coach Kyrie and KD? You can coach the younger players. Can you coach Kyrie? Sorry. Yeah. Old habits die hard. Yes, McLevin. Uh, Sixers fan calling in here. If the Warriors... Offer the number two pick for Joel Embiid. Do you do it? No. Why do I want Joel Embiid on this, uh, the Golden State Warriors? A lot of Sixers. Well, no, I'm saying, oh, because 
the Warriors actually, I read a long story on this. They like having a big man, and Bede can shoot, mm. and they always go unorthodox, and he might be had for a songwriter. Mm. But they're not, they mm. don't want Simmons. Mm. I read, there's no way they want Simmons. <laughs> Simmons would clog up everything they do. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Golden State wants to do with that number two pick. Because you got James Wiseman, the kid that played at Memphis for like 11 games and then got suspended the rest of the year. Do you want a seven-footer running the floor? And I'm hearing that there's a lot more hype to Wiseman than there is uh, talent. That maybe he's, in this draft, he's going to be thought of uh, a little bit higher than he should be. I, I, it didn't take long. I did say somebody will spin this in a negative way that LeBron James just did something last night that has never been done in the history of the NBA in the playoffs. Skip Bayless tweeted, I love watching front, uh, LeBron front run against a bad team. <laughs> well, of course, Skip doesn't like LeBron, or at least he gives you the impression that he doesn't like LeBron. And uh, so he said that LeBron was front-running against a bad team last night. Apparently nobody else in the history of the NBA has ever front-run like LeBron did against a bad team. In the history of the NBA playoffs, nobody's ever done what LeBron did. Yes, we love it. This is not a negative question, but (laughs) where was this Lakers team? All of a sudden, everybody's hitting threes. Contavious, Caldwell, Pope. I thought they couldn't shoot before last night. I think, well, you don't know what you're getting from those guys. Like, I have no idea if night to night when I watch. Kuzma, what am I getting? All right, I got 18. You give me 18? Great. They didn't need much last night. I want to see when they get into that half court where you have to have a design play and you're able to do that. Um, and Anthony Davis still has to emerge as the best player on the floor if they're going to win a championship. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. We'll, uh, you got a poll question, McLevin? So I'm going to put up your question. Which vacancy mm. would you like, the Nets, Sixers, Pelicans? I just looked it up. The Bulls are apparently vacant, too, but we're not putting them that on the poll. Count. <laughs> no, that, uh, does, that doesn't would count. Would we consider putting the Houston Rockets on there, or is it too early? It's is too that... early. It, it's, they're tied at two games apiece. Let's see what happens the next game. Like, give me a couple of days before we put it in there. By the way, is that, that talking about a tough job? Imagine trying to coach Harden and Westbrook. Yeah, I don't want that job. Now, I love watching the Rockets play. Don't get me wrong. But I don't want James Harden as my star, and I wouldn't want to coach that team. But I do love watching them. They're fascinating. And I'm watching last night, and they just kept shooting threes, which is fine. But I got to give James Harden a little bit of a breather here. This happens every single playoff. And we even had, what, four months where they guys got rest. James Harden gets gassed in the playoffs. Happens every year. And last night, he was gassed. Yes, Paul. I can't imagine what the Rockets' practice is like. What are, what are they practicing on offense? Are they, hey, Jim, run around with the ball and maybe pass it to someone once in a while? Or do they practice like him not on the floor? I, I'm going to guess you just shoot uh, free throws and shoot threes right. if you're James Harden, because that's basically what he does. Rest up. Uh, this program brought to you by the great folks at Home Depot. When it comes to flooring options uh, for the pros, no one covers floors better than the Home Depot with everyday low prices, even bigger savings. When you purchase by the pallet, the pros' best option when it comes to flooring, the Home Depot, the uh, doers getting more done with Home Depot. 
Uh, make sure you sign up. You got uh, a few more days for the next greatpodcast.com. It's a contest that I started. I thought about this during the pandemic. Everybody's quarantined. I thought people got ideas. You just want somebody to listen, get a chance to make your pitch. Now you have that opportunity. Send it in. Nextgreatpodcast.com. Go there, get all the details, and submit your pitch. We're going to select up to 10 semifinalists, and then we're going to give them $1,000 to produce a pilot episode. People from all over the country, thanks to iHeartRadio, are going to vote on this, and the winner... I'm going into business with you as your executive producer. The next great podcast.com, and I hope to work with you soon. Went over some of the um, submissions yesterday. Great. Just, you know, thought process here all over the world, by the way. And it, it doesn't have to be sports. It can be a variety of things, whatever you're interested in. And uh, I'm going to guess that we're now at 500 entries here, but uh, all over the world. Uh, I was listening to one, a pitch from uh, Ireland yesterday, uh, one from uh, Israel yesterday. So all over the world, people have been submitting. So it's really great, but there's a lot of competition, just uh, letting you know. I was also watching Oklahoma City last night, and I started to wonder about Chris Paul. And you start to look at Chris Paul's career. And, you know, interesting college career, played at a smaller school, but not, you know, a big school in the ACC. And then he goes into the NBA and, you know, you go into New Orleans. They had to play a season in Oklahoma City. Um, he almost got traded to the Lakers. And then he's been traded a few times. You got the Clippers, you have the Rockets, and then you go to Oklahoma City. There was a lot of buzz with that Clippers team. They had the nucleus there with uh, Blake and DeAndre Jordan, uh, Crawford, and you had uh, – uh, just uh, Chris Paul, yeah. So Chris Paul, and, and then all of a sudden he goes to Houston and James Harden and Chris Paul have a falling out, and then he goes to Oklahoma City. What is he known for? Because he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But if I said, hey, Chris Paul, what comes to mind? He almost got traded to the Lakers. That's when the NBA was running the team. And they said, David Stern uh, uh, nicks that deal. And he's known for... TV commercials. Played for a lot of teams, high level, but what is Chris Paul known for? When you think of Chris Paul, I think of the commercials, first of all. I'll think of, um, he had a couple of moments on the floor where he hit some, a uh, couple of players below the belt, <laughs> and he almost got traded to the Lakers. But it's a Hall of Fame career with no real signature moment because they never did anything in the postseason. Yeah, see? It sounds like you're describing a compiler, Dan. Hmm. Well, I don't know what he compiled other than a lot of assists. If you'd like somebody who played for a long time yeah. but has no real signature moment. Yeah. And he's never been the best player, though. Like, Mike Trout's the best player. But he has nothing to really show for it. I mean, he's got MVPs. He's the best player in the game. But he's played, what, three playoff games? Yeah, McLovin. He's been head of the union for a long time now. He's sort of become more vocal in that. It seems like that's where his interest lies to some degree. Yeah, and I, th I think that you go back to the ESPYs when uh, he got up there with LeBron, uh, D-Wade, Carmelo. And, uh, but I, I was just kind of curious with Chris Paul because he's a great player. 
but he's a he's a point guard with a mid-range jump shot and but he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, Paul. I was going back to look at those Clippers teams. He had a couple good runs where they went deep in the playoffs. Yeah. They never got to the finals, but that was that was the buzz. He was like the alternate version to the Lakers in town and they they had a lot of people watching them for that 3 or 4 year period. I know they're back Clippers again, but they had a good run for about 3 years. We'll take a break here. Uh, we'll get phone calls. We'll settle on our poll question. Uh, Reggie Miller a little bit later on. It's And really, I, there's an interesting story going on with college football. I know there's a lot of interesting stories. But a school is going to play one game, just one game, to make sure that NFL scouts get to see their star player. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on. 20 after the hour. Just getting started here. Dan and the Dan and Stan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. We know that quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you and your partner whenever you want. Two beds in one, firmer or softer on each side, you decide. And it helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature as well, quiets their snoring, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Sleep Number does everything. My Sleep Number setting is 75 Sleep Number Smart Beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. You will never need another bed. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, everybody. Game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. 
Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling, only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Jordan Palmer, quarterback coach, draft training expert, and uh, just launched the QB Summit digital platform via QBSummit.com, and that's aimed at uh, training and growing youth and high school-aged quarterbacks. Plus, he works with a lot of these young quarterbacks like uh, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson. And I figured that uh, Jordan would be a great person to tap into with these younger quarterbacks here, uh, in particular, Trey Lance. Uh, Jordan, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Here's a kid at North Dakota State, 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions. They win their national title, and they're going to showcase him for one game this year against Central Arkansas. How dangerous is it to showcase him against Central Arkansas and basically have a pro day that's actually a game? Well, I love it. I, I think it's smart. Um, it's obviously great for the program for a lot of reasons that are specific to the program. But for Trey, I think it presents a great opportunity to, even though it's one game, to back up a lot of the hype that is just getting started. I mean, I, the fact that we're talking about him on the Dan Patrick show, that's kind of the start of, of the hype train. Uh, and so getting a chance to see him play after he's received the hype uh, is, I think it's going to be a great opportunity for him. If I hadn't seen him play, how would you describe his uh, skill set? So, I mean, he's 6'3", 225. So he's not, there's nothing, uh, he's not way bigger and way stronger uh, than everybody else. Uh, but he is, I think, the one of the best combinations of the physical elements that you need that I've seen in a long time. So he is uh, on the bigger side. He's on the faster side. He has a very quick release. He's very decisive with the ball. Uh, a very interesting stat line, and, and I have not seen this before. He threw 28 touchdowns and no picks. Yeah. He had almost 290 attempts. I don't care what level you're at, high school, <laughs> Pop Warner, whatever. Uh that many attempts without turning it over. And then on top of that, he rushes for like 1,200 yards. So um, he's just, I think, one of the better packages uh, that we've seen. And then the part that you and, and a lot of the media members will start to get to see over the next year is that he's uh, a great person. He's, you know, he's the kind uh, guy. He's also a dynamic leader. He's kind of a dog when you get him on the field. So I think he's just – he's not this one unique thing. He's just the, one of the best packages we've seen. We had Kirk Herbstreet on a couple of weeks ago, and I said, who would you take, Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence? And he said, you know, now I'm talking about going into the NFL, and he said I'd lean towards Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. What do you make of that? 
Um, I think it's similar. The, the, the questions around Justin are the similar ones that you're going to see around Trey Lance and that we just saw it for one year. You really only did it for one year. And unfortunately, Ohio State's not playing. And so um, I think there's more sample size with Trevor. Uh, but at the same time, just because somebody played one year doesn't mean that they're not going to follow that up with 15 amazing ones. Um, so I can see why people would go with Justin Fields. But I have uh, similar questions with both those guys. And I have similar things that I get really excited about with both those guys. What's the biggest question, though, that you have? Is it the same question? I, yeah, I think with both those guys, look, Playing in a, a dominant college football team when the majority of the time you step on the field, you're favored to win. Okay? And two is the perfect example last year. Pretty much every time Tua went on the field at Alabama, they're supposed to win, right? They're, they're literally favored, okay? So when you play the majority of your games that way, we just don't know definitively how you're going to play when you are no longer favored and you don't have the best team on the field. So you talk about Sam Darnold, there's a perfect example. Joe Burrow. When he steps on the field, the, the Bengals are not going to be favored for 16 weeks this year. And so that's the biggest question mark is, does it translate? Can they be the catalyst-type player where they literally make the whole team better as opposed to just execute things well? When you're playing at a Clemson, at Ohio State, at a Bama, you can just play well and be in the running for the Heisman. And you worked out with uh, Joe Burrow. And, I, you know, I don't know what that's like when all of a sudden you go to – you're going to usually a team that's been losing. So he's going to the Bengals. Sam Darnold went to the Jets. You know, Josh Allen went to the Buffalo Bills. You know, they're, they're not winning. And these guys are coming from programs, for the most part, where they were winning. And how do what do you teach them or tell them about that mental or whatever it might be, that hurdle that says – you're not going to win as often as you think. And this is the role that you have with your team. Yeah, I think uh, the most important trait, there's really two, and this is where my eye goes when I'm evaluating guys and then when I'm advising guys as they make that transition, it, it really comes down to confidence and maturity. And it's funny because we make a huge deal out of arm talent and stats and 40-yard dash time. And it, it comes down to those two things, confidence and maturity. Confidence, it's... Uh, it really has to be, there's two types of confidence. There's self-generated confidence where it's independent of the environment. I mean, I don't care what anybody says about me, good or bad. This is what I believe about myself. And then there's the reactionary confidence, which a lot of young players have, where if everybody says that you're awesome, they believe it. Everybody <laughs> says you're a bum. You start to wonder if they're right. On the maturity side of things, it's not about tucking your shirt in and saying yes, sir, and being on time. What it is, is being in a new situation for the first time and acting as if you've been in that situation multiple times. And so I look at Joe Burrow last year, but he, yeah, he went to Ohio state and all that, but that run when they're seven and oh at LSU and eight, no, and 11 and oh, and 12 and oh, and it starts to get really big. Right. And then the Heisman and all the media and all the stuff that comes with that. He handled all of that as if he, as if it was his third time doing it. And so when you go to the league and there's all this newness, the franchise, you're now a professional there's all the, the responsibility, all the newness of the NFL. When they, with the mature guys handle it as if it's their third or fourth year. We're seeing that with Patrick. We're seeing that with Deshaun. We're seeing that with Josh. We're seeing it with a lot of these guys. And so that's what I really try and look for in these college guys when we're projecting. What is it about that second year jump that we've seen? And it's expected of Kyler Murray this year. You saw that with Lamar Jackson last year. You saw that with Patrick Mahomes as well. What what is it that some quarterbacks see and other ones don't? Well, I I, I use that word newness because as a fan, you know, you think about the newness is uh, well, they see different coverages now. You know, people play different defenses and they've got new teammates. 
but everything's new. They're no longer a student athlete. These guys' lives change, lives change so much off the field that it's overwhelming for guys. And, and I'm uniquely positioned to have this opinion because I'm the, for some of these guys, I'm the ones advising them. And there's something about that second year, once you've got a lot of that newness out of the way, where it can now get just back to football, just back to X's and O's and executing and getting on time with that guy and understanding that coverage. It gets you get all of the new stuff out of the way and it gets to be just football like it was in college. But what happened to Baker Mayfield, who was good year one, regressed year two? And what do you expect in year three? So year two, there's just no continuity. The move to, to bring it to to promote Freddie Kitchens based off of some relationship that Baker and him had. And, you know, one of the guys that was actually the really the mastermind and, and really helpful in Baker's rookie year. His name is Ken Zampezi. He was a quarterback coach. He wasn't a part of that. He was out. So now you've got Freddie Kitchens and Drew Stanton and some people who are, are know a lot of football and can be really helpful and great coaches. Um, but that continuity and that um, the responsibility that they put on Baker, I think that that was just that was poorly timed with a, or coupled with a ton of expectations. We all looked at that roster, OBJ, and we expected these things up here but they didn't have the foundation. I actually do think they have it this year. And I think Baker uh, has the best year that he's had in the NFL coming up. I think he actually has a monster year. He's Jordan Palmer, quarterback coach, draft training expert. If you were running the Dolphins, you're Coach Flores. You starting who week one? I start Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay. Uh, I played with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I think two is going to be a great pro. I just don't see the value in – uh, going, you know, forcing to on the field. And I don't know, I'm not in these practices. I don't know if he's ready right now, but either way, I'm all, I'm a big proponent of all these guys sitting if they can, but more importantly, if they can sit behind a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh McCown or Alex Smith, if they can sit behind a guy like that, I think all of them should sit because there's too much value in watching, not just Ryan play, but Ryan work, Ryan deal with adversity. And you also get a chance if you're Flores to let, let your team settle in through a few weeks, right? And you're going to find out how good or bad you are. We'll do that with Ryan. So you can put two in at whatever you think is the perfect time. Jordan just launched the QB summit digital platform via qbsummit.com. So this is helping uh, youth quarterbacks, high school quarterbacks. What's the one thing you teach that, or that you want them to take away from this experience? Well, you know, it's an online platform. The hardest thing right now in the country is, and, I, and this is launched internationally as well, is um, access to quality co quarterback coaching. We're seeing the position, all different kinds of guys from all different parts of the country. Uh, there's a kid in Germany committed to TCU. So literally all parts of the world. Wow. Um, these quarterbacks are developing and it's getting harder and harder to separate yourself. And so for me, um, I launched this platform for the guys that they have a coach, they go to camps. Um, as young as 10 years old and I, you know, I work with 10 year vets, but these kids, they can actually take this and add this to their game. So I have got a content for everything in there, but the focus is, is trying to get them to be as confident as possible. I mentioned it. It's the most important trait in a quarterback. I believe that confidence is a muscle. You can train it. Some of the things I do with NFL guys is the same stuff I get a chance to do with young guys. So this online platform uh, is great for kids, coaches, and also parents too. And it uh, feels like that's Russell Wilson's strongest trait is he's mentally I, that he, he feels like he's stronger than you. He expects to win. He expects to be great. And that's not always easy to do at that position. 
Lost you for a second there. You were talking about Russell Wilson? Yeah, just how mentally strong he is. He he thinks he's better than you. He thinks he's going to find a way to win. Can you well, teach that? 100%. And actually, the person who does, his name's Trevor Moad, and that's who I've worked with for over a decade. He's a performance psychologist. got an amazing book out right now uh, that Russell wrote the foreword on it. Um, it's called It Takes What It Takes. And, uh, and so uh, Russell's always believed this about himself. He's always said, if I'm good enough, then I'm tall enough. That was the knock, right? He's not yeah. tall enough. <laughs> when he got drafted, when he was at Wisconsin, when they said, hey, we've got Mike Glennon, your services are no longer warranted here at North Carolina State. He was, wasn't tall enough. Well, he's always believed that if I'm good enough, I'm tall enough. And that's honestly one of the things I tell my rookies. Hey, if you're good enough, you're old enough. These kids that are starting as true freshmen in college. If you're good enough, you're old enough. So whatever that insecurity is, you can absolutely solve for that. And that confidence, it's, not, it's a muscle. If you develop it, it'll grow. Do you think your brother is going to get his Heisman Trophy back from my man cave? Did it actually go to your man cave? That was on the list of questions I have for you. Yes. Actually- yes. It's, it's on my bar. It's covered with dust. He had it in his oh. garage. Oh, I, I know that. I mean, the last thing he's going to do is, you know, tell people how awesome he, he was in college and, and put pressure <laughs> on his kids. You know what I mean? It's the last thing he's going to do. So that's getting more use there than it would. What, uh, anyway. That's what he said. He goes, it was just in my garage. And he goes, I'll ship it to you. I got it, its own suitcase. And uh, so I think he said he was loaning it to me, I think. But I, I'm just not sure. I'm just no, not no, sure. no. He's keep better than up, and he's got something to promote, <laughs> let him promote it, and then uh, I think he'll forget about it, honestly. Uh, I can't uh, say this strongly enough. If you have a son that is interested in playing the position or is playing the position, and you want to hear from somebody who knows what he's talking about and works with Deshaun Watson, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, most recently Joe Burrow, Jordan Palmer is the guy. It's uh, QBSummit.com, a digital platform. Great to touch base with you again, Jordan. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks a lot, Dan. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go... You can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. 
Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know. Take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Reggie Miller in about a half hour. Get his thoughts off the Lakers' win last night. What's he expect from the Clippers and their defensive philosophy on Luka Doncic? I've got the under for Luka at 29 points, and we have a wheel of punishment at stake here with pies to the face. All four Danettes saying Luka goes for more than 29. If it's a push, you guys get a pie to the face. Yes, Paul? Is, so is 29 20, a push? Yeah. You want to do 28 and a half? No, 29, you get a pie to the face. <laughs> yes, Eden. So, also along those lines, yeah. if uh, we lose, we each get a pie to the face. Yeah. If you lose, I get one pie to the face. You don't get four? No, you guys can put your hands on it. All four hands can be on the pie. Okay, yeah. got it. Yes, McLeod. What if he gets like 20 <laughs> rebounds and 20 assists? Do you have an out? Like some no, no, record no. Number no, no, no. It's just, it's, it's, I think the Clippers are going to have a better defensive game plan than they did last time out. Boy, that's saying, I don't know if it could be worse. Yes, McClellan. You mean one guy trying to cover them? Like four look like they're looking in the stands to see if there are any girls there when they're not? You know what I'm thinking? Maybe if Kawhi just focuses on stopping Luka on the offensive end, then they'll win the game. That would probably be my philosophy. How about we try to stop Luka? If Tim Hardaway Jr. and Seth Curry beat us, we'll take that. We don't want Luca to beat us again. Uh, did you see this story where workers in a funeral home in Detroit, they discovered a 20-year-old woman. She was breathing after she was declared dead. So they, they sent her to the mortuary. Uh, and so they found her alive on Sunday. They haven't released her name, but they <laughs> imagine you're there and you, you pull out one of those 
whatever you the drawers that you have a cadaver on and all of a sudden you know a woman's going thank god you opened up the door couldn't you hear me in here knocking your banging <laughs> yeah paulie so I, I would like to the, the steps she goes from the morgue where they declare her dead or the she was declared dead after paramedics responded to a home in the detroit suburb at uh early sunday morning and so when she wasn't breathing paramedics arrived and they tried to uh, give her CPR, other reviving methods for 30 minutes. And they saw no signs of life. So they took her to the mortuary. And then that's where it got interesting. They did the normal medical interventions and uh, they couldn't believe it. So the woman is, uh, I think, in a hospital right now in Detroit. But can you imagine you're in the morgue. And you're you're a mortician. All of a sudden, you hear uh, somebody must be at the front door. <laughs> I wonder if there's any jokes that morticians play on each other. Like I, I'm going to guess you have a. I have a friend who is uh, used to be. Uh, he ran a funeral home, but he, he doesn't joke about it. Yes, Eden. I know a dude who uh, uh, ran a funeral home. He was a funeral director or whatever and yeah. had his own business, and he had an incredibly twisted sense of humor. <laughs> like, he had, um, he had uh, it said, like, he had ashtrays that said the name of the funeral home on it, and then on the ashtray it said ashes to ashes. <laughs> or, like, he had, like, all of these, like, twisted things like that. It was pretty funny. Yeah, Paul. And if your jokes don't go well, you've been bombed. Oh, okay. Hey, oh. <laughs> Speaking of which, yes, Todd. Put a little cremation in your coffee. There's all kinds oh, of things you can do. Okay. There you go. All right. <laughs> but imagine if that person that they thought was dead was just about to enter the cremation process. And you're about to go in there, and then just as you're feeling the heat of that, you start screaming. That would be pretty scary. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. Unlikely, but thank you. You never know. <laughs> that would be pretty horrible. scary. <laughs> Putting you right into the fight. Wait a second. I'm not well, hold on. Let me write down what you just said. That would be pretty scary. Okay. Make sure I then imagine right. that you're actually in the thing going through the flames. <laughs> They're about to burn you alive because they think you're dead. But you're it'd be, not. It'd be scary. It might be somewhat concerning to those of us who. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like horror movies are pretty scary. About to get being burned alive. It's a next level. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Back row. Don't blunt me in with him. That he's, was... he's been sitting with me way too long. This is what you get, even he, with the partition here. Yes, Paulie. Yeah. Burned alive is the one seed for how you don't want to die, right? I know shark attacks up there, Seton, you're big on that. I'm big. I don't want to be eaten alive by an animal. I but, really don't want that. I'd rather be burned alive than really? uh, eaten alive. Definitely. Because wow. after a little while, you lose, like, feeling. I, th- I think I was killed in another life with uh, an arrow. Uh, so One of my ancestors? I don't know. Well, no, no. It, oh. it might have been a Native American who killed me, not oh. one of your ancestors. I was going to say, that would explain so much about your relationship, you and Polly. <laughs> you go on pretty well. Yeah. Bow and arrow, though. You know, watch out. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe burned, too. Like, if you believe in a, you know, you have a couple of different lives there, then maybe that happened. Back in medieval times or something. I was hanging out with Henry VIII. Man, did we have a good time. Henry VII, boring. Henry VIII, he could party. He could bring it. All righty. One more hour to go. Reggie Miller will join us on the program. Get to more phone calls as well. McLovin will update the poll results. Maybe another stat of the day as well. 
Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Reggie Miller, the Hall of Famer, joining us on the program. Stepped outside of the bubble, goes back into the bubble coming up uh, on Monday. And uh, he joins us on the program. Good morning, Reg. How are you? Good morning, Theodore and my Danettes. How are you guys doing? We're doing okay. We're trying to process here um, what the Lakers are. They they got everything figured out now. We're all good. Nothing to see here. We move on to the second round. False alarm. It's funny how ball movement and when actually the ball goes in the nets for these role players, how they start puffing out their chest, they get more active defensively. Um, but again, you and I, we've talked about this for weeks now. When Anthony Davis plays at a certain level, yeah. he takes his team to a different level. And I think we're seeing that because the role players play off because he is the one player, and LeBron at times, don't get me wrong, every time they touch the basketball, is going to command a double team. So Caruso and KCP and Morris – Danny Green, all these guys feed off those wide open shots. When they're knocking down shots, then this team is tough to beat because then LeBron has all these open lanes to get all the way to the hole and finish, which we've been seeing the last two ball games. And Portland, we talked about this. I didn't know if they would come in on an emotional high, which I think they did in that first game, but now it looks like they're they're on fumes. They're spent a little bit. Yeah, they're running out of gas. And unless Dame and CJ has a big game. Um, because to me, I, I've always thought the Blazers have a better supporting cast in terms of Nurkic, Whiteside, Carmelo. You know, Carmelo's had moments, you know, during the, uh, the restart. Um, to me, I think they have a better supporting cast, but they have spent so much energy just to get that eighth seed and then, you know, that playing scenario with Memphis – Dame has been unbelievable. He was the bubble MVP. Don't get me wrong, but you're right. I I think right now, um, unless he has a huge game, um, this series is is arguably over. The Clippers' game plan for tonight against Luka is what? Or should be what? Luka is going to be Luka, and Luka is going to get his numbers. I think it's almost like with Anthony Davis, you've got to stop everyone else. It's the Hardaway, Trey Burks, Seth Curry. Those guys are the ones who are really beating you. I mean, they did this, granted, a phenomenal shot by Luka, um, an unbelievable triple-double by him. But it's those other guys, when he penetrates and collapses the defense and finding those spot-up threes in the corners, to me, that's what's hurting the Clippers. And again, they've got to get, I know this is like a, a broken record. Where's Paul George? Oh, no. Where is Paul George? And look, you give your name, if you're going to give yourself playoff P, the nickname, you got to show up in the playoffs, right? I mean, playoff Paul, right? Has to show up in the playoffs and he has it. Um, Lou Williams has been good. Kawhi has been fantastic. But that second piece, has to be Paul George. Was Lucas shot a good shot, though, Reg? No. 
<laughs> I was, no, it wasn't. And it wasn't a lucky shot, too, because he shoots that all the time. But it was a bad shot made by a great player. And I attempted and made a lot of those bad shots because he practices those. And I think he'll get better in time. But if you're Reggie Jackson, who was switched out on him, because if you look at the play, Kawhi initially started on him, and it was a down screen. And what you're supposed to do is switch like for like, size for size, which they did. But if you're Reggie Jackson, you will live with a step back, what was that, 35, 40-footer? You'll live with that. Who created the step back? I have no idea, but it was probably my best go-to move. I adopted it from Kiki Vandaway, um, learned it at UCLA. Hmm. Um, We worked on this shot, I am not kidding you, two to three hours a day. So he shot. He showed me how to step back left, step back right. Now, in today's game, those guys take it to a, James Harden takes it to a different level with the steps. I wish I could have done that. Ours was a little bit more traditional, couple of dribbles, and just creating that separation. Lucas is phenomenal because he has that great handle and flow to it. But uh, it was an unbelievable shot. It was a bad shot but made by a great player. So that kind of lessens the odds a little bit. And then Kobe borrowed it from you, the step back, right? I taught him. I mean, this dude asked me. But you knew that, you that Reg. You, you're already giving one of the top scorers in the game. He wasn't then. He was just a kid. He was a punk kid. Skinny was a punk little kid. Do you remember, you remember that day when you taught I him? I do. We, we were shooting a a segment or show uh, for the real world. If you remember that back on MTV and it was he and I versus the real world cast. And if we won, they had to do like silly chores. Like, you know, we went to the, uh, uh, we got a whole bunch of dogs uh, from the shelter and they had to go wash them and do errands for us, whatever. And (laughs) we knew we were going to be, so it was us two versus like 10 people. And Kobe's like, I want to destroy him. I want to beat him. <laughs> so I'm like, Kobe, let's have fun with this. Like, no, I want to destroy these kids. I'm like, all right, whatever. Let's go after them. So in the downtime, while we were waiting for them to come back, he's like, do you want to play one-on-one? I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not going to play you one-on-one. You know, I was 30. He was 19, 18, 19. He's like, well, show me that step back move that you – I got to know this step back move. I was like, okay, well, I'll show you that step back move. You show me that crossover. Cause I love, I've always loved his crossovers. He's like, sure. Okay. So I'm showing him the step back left. Okay. You want the guy on your left-hand side, right? Look at his feet. When his feet start to cross over, that's when you step back. He's like, okay, but how do you do it the other way? I was like, okay, when you get the balls in your left hand, <laughs> at his waist, if he's leaning this way, take a couple steps back and raise up. There's no way. And when he does recover, he's going to foul you because he's going to be going for your wrist. I was like, so show me that crossover. He's like, what what are you talking about? Never showed me the crossover. (laughs) Never showed me the crossover. Here I am giving away my prize step back move. And then lo and behold, what was it? A year, two years later, in the finals, this dude is giving me my own move to me what an idiot I was. Idiot! We're talking to Reggie Miller, the Hall of Famer. He'll be back in the bubble uh, starting next week. If the Rockets lose this series, 
dot, dot, dot. Um, I could easily see Mike D'Antoni moving on. There's some very favorable job openings. But is it the roster or is it the coach? Well, the, the coach is always the first to go. Ask Brett Brown that, right? He had all that talent. I know Ben Simmons did not play because of the injury, but he still had talent. Still had Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid. And you, with those two teams, two guys on a team, you shouldn't be swept. So the coach is always the first to go. And I think Mike D'Antoni and this system, like this system for the Rockets was built to put up a lot of numbers for James Harden and Westbrook, who has not played, obviously. And they're undersized. So they're always going to get killed on the boards and they're just going to try to outscore you. But what's the difference, though, Reg, with Golden State and the Rockets in their philosophy? They play defense. Golden State plays defense. Okay. Okay. Right? They have great shooters, but Draymond Green, and I know Tucker is a defensive-minded guy and Austin Rivers and all that, but as a whole, those teams played defense. They were top 10 in offense and top 10 in defense during those championship runs. And you got Clay Thompson as well. Uh, if, if you could have the Nets opening, the Pelicans opening, or the 76ers opening as a head coach? Whew. I'd probably go with Brooklyn because you have Kyrie and, and KD. Yeah. Um, Do you think Popovich have, is actually interested in that, John? Is he interested? Yeah. Or, uh, well, they're interested in him. Yeah. But do you th- could you see Popovich in Brooklyn with Kyrie? I could because I think they have a relationship from Team USA. Yeah. And I think that's they're probably kind of looking at a guy that's won championships. Uh, I know Ty Lue's name is in the mix. I hope my man Mark Jackson's name is being floated around for some of these, some of these gigs as well. All three spots are very desirable. New Orleans with a very young nucleus. The only question mark, in my opinion, is Zion and how he's going to come back. When does the season start again? First of all, next season. And is he going to come back in shape? And how many games can we get out of him? But what about so, Lonzo Ball, Reg? Now I'm, I don't know. I mean, now I'm hearing that maybe they're going to try to trade him. I thought that this was the perfect place for him. It was, and I still think it is. I think he had a bad run. I, I really do. I, I think he has potential. Everyone keeps saying he's going to be an all-star type player. I don't think he's going to be an all-star type player, but I think he could be a very solid contributor because of his skill set, his size, being able to run the floor. It's just the shooting. The shooting has failed him. Before the stoppage and, and the restart, he was shooting the ball fantastic. I don't know if the layoff affected him, but for whatever reason, was not able to find that shot. But New Orleans, Philly, Brooklyn, uh, Chicago. Chicago's another young yeah. team. Great city. <laughs> you know, if you can revive it, it's cold there, but it's a great city if you can revive that. So there's, there's four spots that are very desirable if you're a head coach. Most watchable team in the East. Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat. I would probably go with, wow, that could be your final four too, which would be awesome. I would go, see, Miami's fun to watch. I agree. Because they are casting a lot of threes. Duncan Robinson, Tyler, uh, Hero. I like the toughness of Bam Adebayo and obviously Jimmy Butler. Well coached. 
they're a fun team to watch. It's a different style from when you saw them winning championships with LeBron and, and D. Wade. And they're just tough. They're tough defensively. Um, you know what you're going to get with Giannis and that team. Um, hey, look, Boston and what Tatum and Brown have done in the absence of Gordon Hayward and Kimba seems to have found his game now. Pick a team, Reg. The most watchable team in the East is? Just because they swept my Pacers, I'm going to go with the Miami Heat. And I'm, that's going to be a fun matchup in the second round between Miami and uh, Milwaukee. I picked the Celtics one, Heat two, Raptors three, Bucks four. I tell you this, I would not be surprised if Toronto ends up winning the East. I think I said that last week. People keep sleeping on them. They're the defending champs for a reason, and they play a certain style, and those guys know one another. So it's not going to surprise me if Toronto wins the East. Um, I think, in fact, I think they have the clear advantage over those four teams you mentioned because they know how to win in crunch time. And Fred Van Vliet has been fantastic in this restart for them. When Bird was your coach in Indiana, did you guys ever have shooting contests? No. I, I wanted to ask him, but I didn't want to lose to him as well because I knew he was still shooting. <laughs> Wait, you, <laughs> do you think he would have shot? No. It, that just wasn't his thing. His very first year was probably his one year because he was doing a lot of running then. Um, the next two years, for whatever reason, he wasn't as active in terms of shooting. Now, he took money from uh, Jonathan Bender, Al Harrington, and the rookies because they were dumb enough not to know. <laughs> I at least knew Larry Legend having faced the Celtics and gone against him. These dudes were puppies and were like, oh, my God, Larry Legend. Yeah, we'll play horse against you. I'm like, dude, are you serious? And, yeah, so he would take money off the rookies. Did you celebrate your birthday yesterday? I did. Nice and quiet. Nice bike ride. Solo. And the rest was spent with the family. It's interesting. It. As you get older and then your wife goes, what do you want for your birthday? Like, uh, I don't know, a nap. Maybe I, <laughs> maybe I get to be, be by myself today or something like that. Well, you got little ones. That, so. that was it. My two things. I was like, uh, time. Number one, I want time. <laughs> time on the bike. So she gave me time on the bike. And she's like, well, what do you want for your birthday? And I was like, wow, um, I need underwear. So I got Calvin Klein underwear <laughs> for my birthday. Let's do this. Um are you surprised that uh, Montrez Harold didn't get fined by the, the league after the back and forth? I know a lot of things get said on the floor there, Reg. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's right that a lot of things get said on the floor. And the fact I'm surprised there wasn't a fine. Yeah. Um, you and I kind of talk, text talked about this, that maybe even a suspension to send a message. Because I always play role reversal. What if Luca had said that to Montrez? Yeah. You know, I, that's – I like to, you know, roll reverse. Everyone would be up in arms if Luca had said that to Montrez. And you're playing on a court that says Black Lives Matter and inclusion and acceptance, right? So Montrez, I know he apologized, and Luca accepted it. I get it. But still, the words were said, and I think there should be some type of consequence for that. But 
I go back to Isaiah Thomas and Dennis Rodman, what they said about Larry Bird. But is like that's not a. I guess they were angry because Larry stole the ball, and you know, and they said if he was a, a, a black player, he'd be just another player. I think, uh, and right. Dennis said it. Isaiah seconded it, and then Larry had to go to a press conference, conference. to then go. You know, I don't care what they said. I'm like, Sorry. Larry didn't care. So that to me, and I, and I don't think Luca cares, right? But is Luca's worse because he's what he's? I mean, he's calling him out in a negative way. I know that they were being angry about Larry saying if he was black, he'd be just another player. Lucas, that was, that was personal. Well, look, uh, and it was personal on the step back three to tie <laughs> the series too. So actions mean more to me. And I think that's how Luca is backing up whatever people are saying about him by putting up huge numbers. Um, I'm just saying if Luca had said that about Montrez no, or one yeah. of the players on the Clippers, we would still be talking about it Yes. today. Yeah, he would have probably been suspended. Correct. Um, I have Luca the over-under. I just made it up. I said 29 tonight. I'm going under for Luca tonight against the Clippers. Me too. I, I think Paul George, because of what all talk radio, talk radio has been killing him, I think he and Kawhi have monster games together. I think the over for them, here's the question. The over for them, is it 65 or over for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? No. 65 or over combined. Well, I can count for 26 from Kawhi. You, uh, think, Paul George, you think Paul George has a monster game? I think he does. And if he doesn't, then they're in trouble. They're I, in huge trouble. I don't think he goes for 30. Right, who wins tonight? I, I think the Clippers win. All right. And then are we sleeping on the Jazz? You know, when Bogdanovich went out with the wrist injury, I kind of wrote him off and said, you know, that was a team good enough at the beginning of the year to play for the Western Conference Finals. But I I didn't give them. And then Conley left the bubble. Wife had a baby. And now here they are up three games to one. I will say this. Uh, Donovan, Spider Mitchell has been fantastic. Ingles, Gobert, they know their roles. Um, I, I feel that it's going to be a lot like the Blazers when they play in the next round, knock on wood, that they finish the series out and face the Lakers in the next round. Yeah. This is perfect for the Lakers. I, will they have spent so much gas doing what they've done, playing great, and then run out of gas against the Lakers? This is set up perfectly for the, the Lakers to get to the conference finals, in my opinion. This is a perfect team for them to play. Safe travels there back into the bubble and uh, nice shirt there. I like it. Thank you. Hello, Indiana, 33, Larry Legend in Indiana State. <laughs> I love Larry Legend, man. Gotta love him. <laughs> My favorite player growing up. I love Magic, Magic Johnson. He raised me at UCLA, but I patterned my game after this man. But if you could start your team with Larry or Magic? Magic. For, <laughs> for how I play. Oh, Magic. okay. Yeah. For how I play, if I'm on the team, yeah, magic. How many threes would Larry shoot now if he played today? Oh, my goodness. What, 15 to 20? <laughs> 15 to 20? Yeah, but he always – he would shoot the mid-range jumper and all that. And so I, That's when the mid-range jumper meant something. I know. I try to tell these kids that all the time. I know 
analytics say threes are better than twos, which okay, but your percentages are lower, but there's something to be said with a good 17 to 20-footer. <laughs> good mid-range game. Yeah. Come on, guys. Well, Kevin Durant built a Hall of Fame career off the mid-range jumper. Sir. DeMar sure. DeRozan, the mid-range jumper. Yes, Jimmy sir. Butler, the mid-range jumper. Kind of got him, you know, traded out of Toronto and missed out on a championship tomorrow, but <laughs> you still have a heck of a mid-range game. Yeah, great. Nice consolation prize. Uh, <laughs> safe travels, Reg. Thank you, bud. Thank you, Theodore. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.